Kia ora everyone, I'm Andrew Whiteside and this is An Eclectic Life with Andrew Whiteside, starting with a smidge of music there. The song is Stars from Les Miserables, as sung by Kiwi artist and singer Hayden T. Hayden is currently starring as Javert in the musical Les Miserables, which is having a short run in Auckland, New Zealand. He's my guest today. Uh, Hayden, as you can see, has a stunning voice and has just released an album called Face to Face. Uh, Hayden T, fantastic to meet you once again, because I met you on the stage of Les Mis just um, last week. Yeah, it was opening night, I think. Yeah. yeah, how's it been going? It's been going really well. The audience have been amazing. I was really nervous. Um, I've done this show a lot over the world and played this role a lot, but coming home is a little stressful. I felt the pressure. I was like, imagine if you know, everyone in the world has loved it and I get these amazing reviews and I come home to New Zealand, which I haven't done for over a decade, and... I get panned, but, but the audiences have been amazing and warm and the reviewers have been lovely and I'm having the best time. It, I mean, it's a fantastic show. It is. This is a, a homegrown show in a way. I mean, it's a home New Zealand production. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was blown away by the, uh, the quality of it. Oh, bless you. Like, everybody was amazing. Even you. You, were, you did well. You Thank came you. home and you did well. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me about Javert. Mm. And, um, because he's... At heart, he's a good man, but he's really not. No, he really is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I, I've spent a lot of time with him, so I, my, um, the filter I see him through and my optics of Javert may be different to most people. But um, I, I think of him as, and I think you do when you have, when you have to play an antagonist, you have to think of that person as the hero. But the, the thing with Javert is he's, he isn't privy to all the things the audience sees. He doesn't see that Valjean um, does this amazing thing and saves Fontaine, or doesn't save her, but, you know looks after her daughter. He doesn't see any of that. So to him, he just sees this man who broke the law, stole something, went to jail, and then broke parole. So that's, you know, it's just black and white to him. And of course, back in those days, you know, literally stealing a loaf of bread, you went to yeah. you jail for 20 years. That was the moray of the time. Yeah. Although I'm noticing in America, similar kind of thing. So oh, yeah. Now. Well, yeah. I mean, not just America, a lot of the world, but that's politics. Should we go there? Yeah, no, so we won't. Well, we'll, we'll stay, we'll stay. <laughs> We'll, we'll stay with the, with the happy, although you can't really, you, Lem is, it's happy it's and it's political. sad. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, and it's and it's And timeless. It very, yeah. I mean, look, you know, the protests and riots right now in Hong Kong, I've been talking to the cast about that. Um, the other day, you know, we look in that they were building, um, you know, like mini barricades out of chairs to advance forward in Hong Kong. I'm like, see, what we're doing is still very relevant. Now, I'm guessing you are well below 40. <laughs> my... I wouldn't say well, I turn 40 next year. Oh, two forty next year. I have a white beard, so it's a little, little. Well, tell. distinguished. I mean, for <laughs> Bless you for theatre gravi gravitas. Well, you I know. like it because it means I can darken it at the beginning of the show, and then I just remove it, and it gets as I age. So it's actually very helpful. Well, when I met you on stage last week, you were in full makeup oh, and, yeah, and costume, and so I really had no idea. <laughs> and then I've been looking at your publicity photos, and it's like. That man was old on stage, <laughs> and he's really not in real life. So, <laughs> so, the, so the transformation was, was quite incredible and very convincing. And I have to say, you have an amazing, amazing voice. I've been listening to your oh, new album, you. which we'll get to in a minute. Um, yeah, extraordinary voice. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. We're, 
Have you always been attracted to this kind of work? Is it, you know, when did you, when were you aware that you had this voice and you wanted to do something? Look, I started when I was 14 up north at Otomatea Repertory Theatre, the um, repertory theatre where I came from. And, um, and I honestly didn't really, couldn't really sing when I started. I wanted to, I had a crush on a, a girl. That was probably the last time that happened. Um, named Rona Fisher. Um, and she was in the theatre company and I just wanted to spend more time with her. So I just went along. Uh, that's honestly the only reason why I started. I, I remember my first singing teacher told me, you can't really sing, but if you work really hard, I could get you into the, um, the chorus of an amateur musical. Which I just kind of felt like at that point in time, that was really the little thing I needed. I was like, hold on a second, you're telling me what I can't do? I'm absolutely going to do this. So this entire career started as a, you know, as a I'll prove you wrong. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but then of course, once you start doing something and I fell in love with, with the community, really. Well, thank goodness you did, because imagine if you'd gone the other way and taken that criticism to heart. Oh, gosh, no. Because, no. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. you have a world-class voice, you know. I mean, oh, it, it's extraordinary. I, don't, I yeah. still don't read music, so I don't think of myself even as a singer. I know that sounds weird because I've just put out in my third album, but I don't think of myself as a singer. I think of myself as an actor first. Like, I like to hide in characters and... Um, yeah. But, mm. but that, it, really, the art of a good performance is acting. Whether you're, whether you're singing into a microphone in a studio, you're still the same acting. Thing. Yeah, so yeah. you still have to bring something to it. So let's talk about the album, <laughs> Face to Face. I just had to check then, <laughs> you know, my memory, you know, not what it used to be. Uh, so a mixture of songs from different musicals, some mm. of which I had not heard. So some, one or two. Obviously a couple from Les Mis, Stars, which you do so beautifully in, in Les Miserables. Thank you. Um, why did you pick these particular ones? I wanted to, I wanted to have some uh, like standards, musical theatre standards, and I also wanted to have some obscure stuff, because I know when I pick something, I, I want an album that has stuff that I haven't heard before, or interesting stuff that doesn't get recorded very often and isn't really, um, well, it is immortalised, they have cast recordings, but things that aren't done as much. Um, and then, of course, I knew that it has to be on some level commercial, so it has to sell, it has to appeal to people. And a lot of my friends, because a lot of my other albums have tend to be a bit more obscure, said, please put on a couple of songs for that 14-year-old Hayden who grew up in this town that, that would order these CDs online. And, well, I don't even know if online really existed then, but <laughs> that was certainly right in the post. Uh, there was no CD shop in Mangatoroto. Um put something on some of the standards on. So that I really also wanted to do a lot of the big composers. So William Schomburg, um, Lloyd Webber. I wanted to tick some of those off. And then also some of the obscure stuff like um, like Adam Gittel and, and um, you know, Tim Minchin, stuff like that. So I, I think, and then when I had a very long list with my musical director, we kind of tried to look for a theme in there. And the theme definitely tended to be um, antagonists and rebels, which a lot of my career I've been playing antagonists and villains, which um, I'm really quite soft and bubbly as a person, <laughs> and I'm always playing the aggressive roles that have given a gun or a sword fight or something, of which I find both very challenging. <laughs> um, but, but satisfying, though? Oh, very satisfying. And it's wonderful because I get to completely escape Hayden and inhabit someone else, and, I, and that's quite cathartic, and I really enjoy that escapism. But... Um, but but definitely, yeah, I mean, make, getting to a place where a fight or a, a, a holding a sword or a gun looks natural for me takes time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we had all of the, this theme of antagonists and rebels, and then we just basically dropped off every song that didn't fit into that, and we were left with the nine that we have. That's how we chose them. I wanted to ask you about The Smell of Rebellion, which of course is from yes. Matilda, and you it have is. played Miss Trunchbull, Ms. Trunchbull, yeah, yeah. on stage. A fantastic role. It's a it's a wonderful role. Yeah, yeah. Just, just tell me a little bit more about that because I imagine it must be an absolute joy to, to play. <laughs> it is a joy. It's also the hardest role I've ever played, uh, physically, mentally, in every possible way. Um, it was the most challenging year I've ever had in my career. I almost 
retired from performing, playing that wow. role. Um, and I only just finished it like literally two weeks before I started rehearsals for this. Uh, so it's still very fresh in my, in my mind and in my achy old body. Um, Matilda's my favourite musical of all time. I saw the first preview on Broadway and fell in love with it. I knew I wanted to play that role at some point. I couldn't audition for it in Australia because um, I was doing Les at the time, I think, in Australia, and then going to New York. Um, in Broadway, I was there, and they couldn't, they weren't seeing anyone under six foot three. I'm six foot one. I knew there was one production left in the world, so I got my visa for the UK with that in mind. And my agents was like, you have to make this happen. Um, and luckily they did. Um, it's, it's a hard role. I think, uh, and I, I probably am getting a little, uh, not anxious, but fidgety talking about her. Because she's, the thing I love about Javert is he's not a villain. Or I, I can get away with not seeing him that way. But with her, she is. She's awful. She does bad things for bad reasons and just to get pleasure out of them. And that kind of played with my mind a little bit after a while. Yeah. Which is, and I'm not method. I don't become the character. Yeah. I, like, I'm, I definitely switch in and out backstage. But... Um, but but it provides the the comedy the really strong comedy so it, I may, maybe thinking about that maybe, maybe and yeah. you didn't really kill anyone or, or, or no, 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 no 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 the choke you didn't That's really why we go through so many children because they actually yeah. kill them as we go through the season I saw the blood running down <laughs> yes, across the stage at one point exactly. oh, some of them I wanted to kill no, I'm joking. Yeah. they were all lovely <laughs> Matilda was birth control for me I no longer want children. <laughs> Now, there is a, a cliche about musical theatre that mm -hmm. uh, all the men are gay. Mm -hmm. Now, in your case, you are. Yes, very but, much but so. Is, I mean, I know it's not really true, but, but, but how have you found being, being gay in theatre? Oh, gosh, I mean, it's the most accepting place in the world. I, I, um, that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with it. It's this community of misfits where you can be completely authentic. When I first started going to amateur theatre when I was 14 years old, I... Um, I, I loved that because I could... I didn't know I was gay then. Well, I did, but I obviously hadn't quite formed that in my head, what that meant. Um, but this was a community of misfits where everyone was a little bit different, a little bit off-centre, and it was okay and it was fine. So one of the reasons why I do this is because I feel at home. Saying that, it's changed a lot in 20 years. I've been a professional actor now for 20 years, and it's now, if anything, more straight than it, than it was gay, which is also amazing, because it still has that community feel. It's just that it's no longer based in sexuality, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, you can't tell now because everyone's metrosexual. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair Sometimes enough. I'm the butcher's person in the cast. Imagine, <laughs> and the only gayer. Well, you know, Miss Trans Trunchbull was um, was Miss Trunchbull was fairly um, butch. Very much so. I, I played her and discussed a lot with the creatives. I, I played her as a um, as a trans woman, like a man trapped inside a woman's body, and which I found a, a kind of a truthful place way to get into that mindset and um, I would love for them to audition trans actors and maybe cast it that way. Um, it's something I suggested while I was there. I hope it happens one day. That would, uh, certainly if that was in the context, the backstory, that would make uh, an interesting reason as to why she may not be as empathetic as she exactly. could be. Yeah, I think if it like, really yeah. kind of informs, it just, it just fleshes out this this already mm. quite complex character and makes it even more multidimensional in my mind. You know, that's definitely the way I thought of it and I approached it, but I, I, I mean, that was never obvious. 
You know, mm. I don't think audience would have got. I, I wonder though if, if the challenge is that then a really unpleasant character is transgender, whether that would also that you know it, it's well, tricky. exactly. You it's don't, tricky. It, 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 representation matters, and it, you don't mm. want to make that a villain for that reason either. You know what I mean? So maybe I mean, if Matilda was transgender, that then I would that would totally work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could probably play that role though now, Matilda. I would love to play Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you no. Know, you know what? I'd really like to play Mrs. Wormwood now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably that? closer to my character than to me in real life. Mind you, Matilda grown up. Yeah, yeah, there we go, spin off. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe she Sequel. turns maybe she turns into a trench bolt and she life gets Oh down. god, how awful could you imagine? See what <laughs> this is why I don't write musical films. <laughs> yeah, the plots have just been <laughs> I like I like where you start though. Yeah. These, these genesis it's is a dark a dark, a dark twist. To yeah, it. I'm definitely yeah. attracted to the dark twist. Yeah. Yeah. Um is there something in your career that you have an ambition to do that you haven't got yet? Oh is gosh, there... so many things. Yeah. <laughs> I um I, I believe in affirmations and I work with goals a lot. So I, I um I have lots of things on my little I'd love to originate a musical was what is what I want to do. I want to be the first person to say those lines, the first person to sing that song, to to have the song put into that key because it fits my voice to and th those all sound like ego driven things but it's it, this it's it's the dream i think for all of all performers to want to be the first person to create something it's satisfying a need a desire i mean yeah. that, that's how humanity moves on is we oh, have these yeah. desires to to do something different yeah. to new. not to be a carbon copy to to pave yeah. a new way um, is it okay to ask you to tell me something about you that may, maybe don't, nobody knows? It's okay if you don't. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty open. Um, yeah. I don't know what to, I'm trying. To, I'm so open, I can't think of anything that no one knows. Um, I'm a, people know I'm a makeup artist um, as well as a performer. I, I love that side of my life, and it's very much like therapy. But for many years, I have lied, and like I was working for Clinique when I was at drama school. Um, and I was getting paid nine sixty an hour, and across the cosmetics floor in Sydney was Mac, and they were getting paid eighteen dollars an hour, and I wanted eighteen dollars an hour. So I completely fabricated a makeup career. I and this is we're going back to nineteen ninety nine. So I just graduated from drama school. I contacted my friend Ellie Rutherford, who studied at the Academy of Film and Television Makeup here in Auckland. She then went to work on um, a whole lot of things, Lord of the Rings. I asked for her CV. I used Twink which I think is called Whiteout now, <laughs> um, and basically put my name on her CV, took her portfolio, and I handed it into Mac, bought a Mary Claire book, taught myself how to do makeup, and went in and got a job at Mac just to make more money. Wow. And, it's, and I've been lying for years, saying that I'm a fully trained makeup artist, and then Academy of Film and Television Makeup doesn't exist anymore, so no one can check. But now I think I've come out. Yeah. Do you think we should keep fraud. this? Do you think we should keep this in the interview? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Look, I, I think I've, I've proven get, I can get paint the face now. Get, <laughs> get back to me on that. If you, you know, before it goes out, we, you know, may have to. <laughs> now I'm a journalist. I believe. I, I started to believe the lie. I believe. I believe in truthfulness. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, Hayden T. Fantastic to see you, and uh, all the best for the rest for the Lamez season and the album. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That was Hayden T talking about his career and some of his secrets. You can download his new album, Face to Face, on iTunes and other musical places. Don't forget, you can get lots of other great content on my website, andrewwhiteside.com. I am Andrew Whiteside. Thanks for listening.